Hi, everyone, and welcome to the RegTech Report, your update on all things RegTech. My name is Carl Viertel, and with me is Stefan Celestio. Our mission is to bring you the latest news, speak with industry pioneers, and muse about the latest tech. Hey, everyone, we're back. Welcome to a new episode of the RegTech Report. Hey, Stefan. Hello, Carl. And uh, hey, Henry, how are you doing? I'm good, Carl. How are you doing? Have you uh, gotten over the jet lag? Well, I guess it's been a week, well, so. It's been a week, yeah. <laughs> it must be time to go somewhere else, surely. Uh, I'm uh, going to try and stay put for a while, but I thought we could uh, maybe catch everyone else up. So the reason that uh, Henry and I might have had a bit of residual jet lag is uh, we got back from the Mitrotech User Conference Interact in Nashville, Tennessee last, well, week before last now. And uh, yeah, I mean, really, uh, really interesting event, really um, uh, interesting clients and, you know, certainly a few takeaways for, you know, the reg tech industry and some trends and things that are happening at, uh, uh, you know, in in, in our uh, clients uh, ecosystem. So I thought, you know, maybe we could catch Stefan up on. Um, yeah, I was I was about to ask you how it was, because sadly, <laughs> I couldn't make it. I was uh, traveling to other destinations. Um so um, yeah, uh, how, how was it? Doing what most people do in the summer and go on holiday. <laughs> well, well, you know, at least at least at least with Carl and I were keeping the economy going. Yeah, well, you know, somebody's got to do it. Exactly. So, what were your highlights uh, of the uh, of the sessions? Uh, you know, especially from a regtech perspective. So I think. Um, uh, I mean, there were some very, very good sessions. Uh, I mean, the one that you hosted, Carl, on the the, the future of, of AI and machine learning, which I'm, I'm sure we we can come on to. Um, uh, a, a favorite of mine is always doing policy management with uh, Michael Rasmussen. But um, <laughs> yeah. you know, what, what, what I think that, uh, yeah, he... Uh, he he it was actually quite difficult. To, I was meant to be hosting, but it was quite difficult getting a, a word in edgeways because he uh, he has has a lot to say, and uh, the audience were quite amused as I tried tried to to, to at least try and get a question in. Um, but yeah, I, I think, mean, it's always great to have Michael uh, on, and also great to meet him in person again yeah. or see him in person did again. He, did he also have stories about medieval castles? Or? Um, I don't think we uh, touched medieval castles, okay. but no, uh, I, yeah, I'm not sure he got a token in. Uh, no, he was quite reserved on that one. Um, but I think the session he did with Tyler on ESG, I think that was one of yeah. the, the the best um, attended, and um, we got a lot of questions from the audience. So I think that was that was probably those are probably my my three highlights. Yeah, that. I mean, I think there are um, two trends that I probably observed, uh, you know, across the the sessions, and uh, you know, just as a sort of a caveat, also for the uh, the listeners, Interact has traditionally been you know very much focused on the customers in our legal tech space. So the you know it's not originally a GRC focused event, but there were certainly um, some really interesting trends that were visible. And I mean, one was, you know, obviously the interest in um, ESG. And it was interesting because a lot of the audience was not financial services focused, right? Usually, especially in the US, when you go to ESG events, a lot is financial services looking at ESG from a, uh, you know, uh, credit KPI perspective, if you're looking at investing in a certain equity or things like that. And uh, 
because of the sort of the more diverse um, or industry uh, industry wise diverse audience at Interact, um, there was a little bit of a different spin, especially on the questions asked around ESG, which was really interesting to see. And uh, the other thing that was uh, just really exciting to see was the interest in um, workflow automation. And you know, I think yes. We have a lot of really passionate clients around the workflow product, but my hypothesis is actually that the symptom is a little bit different. And the symptom is people see a platform that is incredibly powerful, that provides a you know, very strong tool for non-IT folks to achieve solution outcomes. Right. And, you know, the sort of citizen developer, citizen engineer, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, a not IT person making IT things happen is something that I think gets a lot of uh, people in risk and compliance really excited. I mean, it could be part of this whole generational shift we've been also talking about. Right. I mean, people who have maybe don't do IT things, but have IT kind of knowledge to yeah. do simple scripts or something like that. So uh, maybe that's also part of it, that there's much more interest in getting into it, where you usually would have said, ah, yes, IT people, please build that, what I'm describing here, and people doing yeah. it themselves. Yeah. And, and, and the, sorry, go, Carl, go on. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, essentially what we are seeing is um, more problem space for Henry um, and Cluster 7 because, you know, what we're basically uh, creating by, you know, generating these, you know, um, uh, point and click uh, workflow automations are also in a line where, you know, you have the entire data model that can be, you know, point and click configured. Um, we're essentially creating the Excel macro of the next 10 years, which uh, then, you know, someone like Henry has to rein back in. Yeah, I mean, I th I th that, that, that deviates off onto, onto a different subject, which I think we should pick up on um, on that session we talked about on the AI. I think just uh, just rounding out the, the workflow automation piece, there was a really interesting session um, just talking about, I guess, you know, the practicalities of it and, and how, how it can make a difference. And there was Julie from uh, Bath and Body Works who knew and role um in legal operations wanted yeah. you know and and important thing is i think you know it's sort of a life lesson here you know start new and roll you want to make a difference so you know how, how do you make a difference so she she recognized there were there were areas for improvement recognize having used tap before i think that um that was something that um could bring a great deal of value to the organization um so you know I think the the two, the two things she said was a you're making a difference three sorry three things making a difference the time yep. to value so yep. the fact that within two days of um, the sign of the contract she was able to go live um, with with her workflows but in 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 getting there the final point she made was you know in the time she'd been enrolled the the share price had gone down by twenty percent um, <laughs> she she was keen to point out that probably had nothing to do with her 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 joining the company but it made it quite difficult for her as an individual to be asking for for funds for you know to to be spending money when you know traditionally a CFO will be uh, locking down the hatches um, but you know yeah, but she only, felt yeah the sorry. only way you can is if the time to value is short right I mean no one's mm -hmm. gonna in that case gonna say yeah let's spend on something that you know will uh, uh, maybe have a uh, some first results in FY26 right I mean that's that's not going to be a success story yeah, uh, but as we know, it's always difficult to ask for money. It's difficult to pluck some times to pluck up the courage to do it. But as you say, the 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 time to value, and I think that comes back to your your point earlier. You know, 
the, the traditional, I, I create a spec, I give it to IT, you know, I wait time for that to come back, putting the power of the development into the end users and to be able to get that knowledge at the coalface and to deliver those solutions is, is you know, as you say, the time to value is is key. Um, and, and, you know, it just it just reduces the, the grit and the gears. And I think yeah. to your to your point earlier, Carl, that's where we see the reg tech industry going in in empowering the end users and and not needing to wait for IT to help deliver. And I think there's an implication, though, for the individuals in our, you know, clients' businesses, where if you do have these tools at at your disposal, it also means you actually need to be a little bit bolder and just try it out, Hmm. right? Because there's another element of, you know, maybe you know, the current generation or, you know, sort of slightly more laid back approaches where, you know, the whole waterfall and, you know, long projects and lots of reviews and lots of sign offs and, you know, the the slow development, it's also kind of comfortable for the individual, right? Because you're only a small cogwheel, you're not making big decisions, you're not actually changing things. It's, you know, a much more comfortable position in a lot of ways than going out and saying, all right, let's just build this workflow. And, you know, there might be a mistake in it. We might have to correct it. Yeah, rapid iteration. Yeah, something you're doing in that. But in rapid iteration means also accepting the possibility that there might be a mistake. There might be a initial setback. I'm just I'm just I just have a flashback at some blog articles. I think I wrote back in. 2015 or 16 about rapid iteration in GRC. <laughs> Maybe I should like pull that out again. I mean, we've been you know talking yeah. about sort of agile GRC or mm-hmm. uh, you know agile assurance as uh, a key concept, and I mean the the only way to really achieve that is if the solution itself is also agile in yeah. the way that you configure it and deploy it and uh, gain value from it. Yeah, true. Yeah, but but not 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 to be the the naysayer, but uh, but uh, as you said, alluded to earlier, Carl, you know, enabling enabling the users is fantastic. It it does need to have the right governance model around it to ensure that what we do is transparent and and we are we are the goals we're achieving are are within the tolerances that the organisation accepts. Um, the danger is too much power to the individual, and without the governance, we get ourselves into a very difficult and dangerous place. Yeah, like Uncle Ben said, with great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) And we're back to the nerd quotes. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, there there was one session um, that. So, I'll I'll caveat a little bit, right? So, I come from a European perspective, and of course, Nashville is known for country music. And you know, while I find it very entertaining. If I turn on, you know, Spotify or Apple Music, I would probably not have a country music track that would be suggested to me by the algorithm. Let's put it carefully that way. Um, <laughs> and uh, so one of the sessions um, was writing a country music song. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, with 300 people or whatever it was in the audience, I, that is going to be just painful. Okay. And so this um, uh, couple comes on stage and these guys are the real deal, right? So they write songs for everyone. So, you know, Keith Urban was the one guy that I actually knew being an Australian and all. And, uh, you know, they, they're the ones that write all the songs. And, you know, as some people might know, you know, most pop songs are written by like five people around the world or something. And these guys are one of them. And while, you know, I'm still probably going to be reserved about my passion of country music, the, 
the creative process that they showed in writing a song was absolutely mind-blowing. And they had, and I actually wrote this down because I thought it was so spectacular. The creative process had six steps, okay? So the first step was shout, right? So this is sort of a no-filter phase where it's basically just sort of a stream of consciousness, safe space. You just sort of blurt out whatever idea comes to mind. And, you know, this doesn't, Obviously, the result in business or especially in reg tech is seldomly going to be a country song. But, um, this concept of just sort of the, the no filter stream of consciousness phase of creativity um, is often overlooked and you go straight to trying to structure things. Um, and then uh, the se- second element um, is uh, what they call the sunny side, where when you're brainstorming or being creative with other people, the response may not be no. It's yes and, mm-hmm. right? So in this phase, you're not basically neg- negating or, or uh, you know, sh- shouting down any idea that's coming out. You're just sort of adding your idea to it. And then there was honesty, which is sort of the controlling element where it's like, okay, so now we've, you know, been creative, we've added, but not every idea is going to be good. Um, then was the, uh, they called it the, eye of the tiger where they said every human has experienced it when you're sort of in the flow when you have a really good idea and you know things are coming together just get out of the way and let it happen so don't interrupt don't interrupt someone's flow until it sort of stops because they say you know it's you're in the zone you've got this idea you need to get it out you can't interrupt the person when it's happening um then there was uh uh don't uh, steamroll so you need to be uh, basically in that creative process, leave a voice for everyone. Um, and then, well, and this is a very uh, American term, but they said, take me all to the, uh, take me out to the ball game was their sort of sixth um, element where they said, you know, you can't always force creativity. So, you know, add physical movement, open the mental space, change your perspective to keep that creativity going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from there on, we actually went and created text and all the rest of it. but. I found that these six steps were just so spectacular because we then saw them actually come together and it was really cool. Mm. I mean, I was really surprised and um, I am always happy to be proven wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, so Carl, I've got to agree with you. And I, I said to Ashley, who organized it, I said, I, you know, when you saw an hour on the, uh, an hour on the uh, agenda for writing a song, I was like, well, that, that's just not, that's just not, I don't know how that's going to work. And like you was blown away by the process. And, okay. and we, 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 we must, uh, we must post the, the link to the, because I think they're, they're going to, produce the song uh, professionally and then uh, we we will be publishing it i believe okay oh my goodness I'm, okay I'm looking yeah. forward to you that <laughs> yeah no, so you will it. you'll have to add that to your playlist yeah <laughs> <laughs> no it was it was seriously cool mm. um i mean uh f- absolute jam-packed uh, agenda um but uh, for today maybe we should just wrap it up and uh, do a uh, cyber basics again next episode, mm. but uh, because it is the holiday or the vacation time, uh, maybe I just thought you know uh, maybe you could share uh, what we're doing on vacation this summer. Hey, hey, oh, it's the top three. Stefan, you just got back, right? Yeah, so uh, 
I was uh, just away in Croatia for two weeks. So um, this is, um, uh, I, I'm noticing my own transformation because when, when I was uh, younger, uh, let's say, Many, many years ago, uh, after a while, I thought it was boring to always go to the same place because my mother's from Croatia, right? So we have a place there. We used to go there all the time. And I said, it's boring. I want to go somewhere else. But now that I'm getting, you know, quieter, <laughs> more settled down, I said, ah, you know, I prefer that. I actually like going there, like always the same place. I know exactly how it is, which restaurants to go to. I know the people. You know, they're happy to see me. Ah, hello. How are you? So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's what I did. Okay, so Stefan got old on vacation. <laughs> How about you, Henry? <laughs> uh, well, I, I am old, so my 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 children uh, my children have all left uh, left school, so I don't need to go on holiday in the uh, in the summer summer holidays or children's holidays. So uh, I'm going uh, in two weeks' time to Greece. Um, ah, nice. to, to a place that's got a lot of water sports and tennis. So my wife and I want to, to, to take a few tennis lessons. Um, and it's got, it's, it's near the water. So I will also be taking, uh, the odd Hobie cat out and, um, hopefully won't repeat what I did a few years ago, which was a guy, a guy wanted to, to go out. And I just, I offered said, yeah, I'll take you out. I'm not very good. I just like going fast and, and taking it right to the edge. <laughs> And if you've ever if you've ever sailed a uh, you know everybody's used to capsizing dinghies, but uh, capsizing a, um, uh, a a Hobie cat, which is a which is a catamaran, is quite fun. Um, especially if you're doing <laughs> it at like high it. speed, because if you go up, you can get it up onto one hull. So if you've got two two men uh, men on a, the on the hull and you've got you're out of the water, it's going quite fast, which is fun. But if the front hull goes in the water and you're standing at the back edge, you basically catapult across, uh, go about 40 feet and through the okay. air. So anyway, I did warn this guy. I said, we're going to go to the edge. He said, that's fine. He flew through the air. I think I landed on top of him. Um, he was very great from the bar saying thank you. Um, and I got a phone call from, oh, we, we then worked out that uh, we were going to be in a meeting uh, about <laughs> oh, two weeks later. And his boss rang me when I got back and said, can you please not try killing my, stop trying to kill my staff, please. Um, yeah, that, so, that would be a great loss reason in Salesforce. Reason for yeah. loss, killed yeah. pr- uh, prospect. Killed, killed prospect. But yeah, it was, uh, it was he, he, he'd claimed to have enjoyed himself. But, uh, yeah. I'll see if I can do that again. Yeah. Excellent. And I actually just got back from a week of uh, mountain biking in uh, northern Italy, which was amazing. So some really awesome single trails past the glaciers. And uh, I managed to survive, which uh, on the combination of the complexity of the trails and my skill level was not a given. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I consider that a win. At least I, <laughs> I didn't notice any injuries on you, Carl. No, so no. It seems to um, been, I didn't uh, even yeah. take a spill off my bike or no meaningful ones. So um, yeah, I call that a full success. I was going to say, from what you said to me, you know, um, I, I'm not sure we'd see the spoils. It was uh, what 30, 30 centimeter wide trails with 500 foot drops. That's, Something um, like that. Yeah, yeah. That's not for the faint hearted. <laughs> I, th- I think you much rather sell, people much rather sell with me than cycle with you. There, there we go. Well, um, you still have the option to join Henry in Greece for his capsizing boats. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, uh, thanks so much, Stefan and Henry. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk soon. Excellent. Cheers all. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Let's continue the conversation on Twitter. Follow our dedicated podcast handle, at the RegTech Rep. 